0: Welcome to the Midcast, presented by the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each month we will look at some of the key issues for mission in Scotland today. We'll bring you experienced voices, practical insights, and unique stories, all focused on the mission of the Church in Scotland.
1: Hi there, welcome along to the Midcast. My name's Glenn Innes. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to download this episode of the Midcast. This is episode one of season two of the Midcast. Last season we had some great people come and speak with us about Mission in Scotland. And we're going to do exactly the same thing with some different voices this season. I'm excited for the people who we have ahead. But this episode, perhaps we should start with a previously on. Uh, as James that we have on today is a returning guest. James was on episode 6 of season 1 where he came to tell us about the work The Turning we're going to be doing in summer 2018 and around Scotland, specifically in Aberdeen, Edinburgh and Glasgow. I got the chance to sit down with James at the end of last year to discuss with him how that had gone and what their plans for 2019 were. So that's the conversation that you're going to hear today. I hope you enjoy it and if you do... Please stick around at the end and we've got some things we'd love you to get involved with. So, James, thank you so much for taking the time. Welcome back to the Midcast.
0: Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great. So, how did it go? It's been great, Glenn. We we had uh, our launch on August the 23rd where we launched the turning in three cities in Aberdeen, Edinburgh and Glasgow, as the listeners might remember from the last interview uh, with people from churches from many different denominations and streams in each city and we that that kind of revolved around evening meetings for for prayer and worship and to hear from god and to just tarry in his presence that then spilled over into daytime outreaches in the city which were for an hour an hour out in the city centers uh, having received some very very basic training um over over that that period, we uh, we've got we've got an app that helps us to record the the responses from people, and we had eight hundred and fifty two people across the three cities responded to an invitation to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Okay, and say that again.
1: Eight hundred and fifty
0: two. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, if you break that down between Aberdeen, Edinburgh, and Glasgow, uh, we were out for eight hours. And so more than 100 people an hour responding to an invitation to receive Jesus. Well, hallelujah. It's hallelujah. amazing. Isn't that incredible? It's good. Absolutely brilliant. It is good. And, and so uh, not everybody gives their details. Some people pray. People, people def- pray and respond for different reasons. I think what, what we are learning from this is that there are people in our cities that are hungry for spiritual things. They are open to having conversation and I think sometimes we've lost the art of conversation with strangers yeah. in the street. I, I, I've kind of grown up in a generation we do everything personal, private, uh, it's, it's all about who you know and whereas I've got people from a previous generation from me who know what it is to stand in a queue and strike up a conversation with someone very naturally so there, there was uh, a real openness in the city for people to have spiritual conversations, for people to receive prayer and simply it would start off with us just praying a blessing over them for their their lives for their families but then uh, having shared the gospel the simple gospel um from the book of Romans we then asked them would they like to receive Jesus as their lord and savior right now 852 people said yes and we prayed with them to do just that and many of them gave the details some people maybe prayed the prayer because Well, they were being polite. (laughs) I don't know. Some people prayed the prayer because they were confused and didn't know what they were doing. Other people prayed the prayer because they'll pray with anybody. The next minute they'll walk down the street and they would pray with a a Jehovah's Witness or a Hare Krishna. Um, They're just spiritually open, spiritually seeking. But of all those 852 people that prayed, there will be some, and we don't know exactly how many, or what percentage in in, uh, in Reading, the percentage was about 26% were the real deal who wanted to meet up for a one-to-one conversation with someone to receive a Bible, to talk about the prayer that they prayed. And, and in time, we'll be able to know for sure that, that the quality in Scotland, eh, the, the, the statistics from Wales, were a bit less than reading when when they did the research after a year, so we're we're monitoring that. But follow up, follow up, and one to one follow up is continuing even now, and it's it's going on even now. Okay, so that's the um, stage you're at at the moment. Is people are following up on those folks? Well, well, yes and no. I mean, what what you may remember about the turning is although we had that eight day catalytic launch at the end of August. That was effectively a catalyst for an ongoing month to month outreach. So, last weekend on, in Glasgow, we were out in the streets again last Saturday morning Brilliant. and we prayed with 23 people on Saturday morning and the same responses in Edinburgh and in Aberdeen. And, and we will go out every month. We're out the first Saturday of every month in these three cities and already the turning has been invited to help develop hubs in an additional 14 regions, cities and uh, counties and islands across Scotland. Wow. So, so people are beginning to see that what the turning is, it's, an, it's a national unity movement between churches working in locales, uh, helping turn local churches towards the lost not just being focusing on pastoral concern, which is very valuable and very important to us, but also releasing ordinary believers out into the streets for evangelistic endeavour, and then training them and engaging them in one-to-one follow-up and discipleship. So that continues, and it's and it's something that other areas want to be part of too. Brilliant. As well as it as, as well as it continuing to develop in the three cities that have just launched. So we've got a national hub meeting tomorrow here in Bishop Briggs where we're inviting local pastors that have heard about it but have not yet been part of it so that they can get involved in the city moving on from here so over in Edinburgh uh, again uh, there's there's a hub in Edinburgh local churches can still join in and get become part of it and see what's happening Uh, there will be another launch next summer um, and then 2020 as well there'll be another launch in 2020 not only in the three existing cities, but what we're hoping is by the end of three years, we will have uh, turning missions, hubs, reaching out and discipling new believers in every city, region, town, village, island, croft and highway and byway in Scotland.
1: Fantastic. Uh, so do you have, I, I realise that with GDPR and all sorts of other things, we've got to be careful about uh, people's individual Uh, stories but Uh do you have any stories you could tell us from there that might be an encouragement to those who are listening
0: yes yeah we do um and and i would say to to any of the listeners if they want to hear more stories we have got some testimonies so each day when people came back in off the streets having been out for an hour we we would share testimonies because testimonies build us up we realize that if god does something um, it's important for us to testify to that. Why? Because it means that people can be encouraged and uh, see that this is not just something that happens one time, but it, it's happening multiple times. So if you go into YouTube and go into and seek the, the turning, there's a turning testimonies page and there's a section, uh, a, a playlist that's just for Scotland. Um, and on the Scotland, there's 14 videos with multiple different testimonies. But I'll just share a couple with you. Uh, here just now and they're they're personal to me so these are not second hand or third hand. Um on the Friday in Glasgow um my wife and I went out uh my wife went with another person and I went with another person. We split up went to different areas um and I walked down Socky Hall Street with my, my partner and we we spoke to probably about eight eight people and people were generally polite. Nobody hit us. Nobody hated us. Nobody swore at us. If people didn't want to chat, they would just say, no, thanks, mate. I'm busy or or, I'm going somewhere or I'm not interested. That's fine. No, we weren't scarred. We weren't bruised or broken by that. But the people that we did get to speak to, we were able to bless them, encourage them, pray for them, tell them. There's a God who loves them. There's a God who cares about their lives and has a plan for them. We got to share with them. Uh, God's word and share the simple gospel but no one that we prayed with said yeah I would like to receive Jesus um, as my my Lord and as my saviour and invite him into my life so I came back on the Friday a wee bit discouraged but then we came back and we heard other people's testimonies and that that first day in Glasgow uh, around about 50 people prayed to receive Jesus wow I was like, that's amazing. So all of a sudden we discovered that it's not necessarily about me individually going out and seeing lots of things happen. Um, but everybody working together as a team, praying for one another, encouraging one another. Um, we then went out on the Saturday. Now, my, my wife brought our two-year-old son in a push chair and we went down to George Square so Yvonne and I go down to George Square with a script. We, we use a script, the gospel is written on a script with some scripture. Um, and we actually largely quite prepared to read from it. You know, we don't need to, it's not a competition who's got the best memory. Um, but we approached this couple who were getting the photograph taken. We said, would you like us to take a photograph for you? And they said, oh yeah, that would be great. They were from Dublin. Um, and then we gave them the phone back said hope that's okay listen can we tell you two things real quickly god loves you has an awesome plan for your life and they were like oh that's amazing i don't know if because they were holiday makers they were really open and receptive but we shared the gospel with them and prayed for them to bless them and then asked them would you would you like to receive jesus right now and they said yeah we would we would and so we prayed for them they received jesus we let them have a copy of the prayer. Um, they then gave us their details, said, here's where we stay uh, in Dublin. We would love it if somebody could follow us up and, and meet us for a coffee in Dublin. Now the problem we've got is, hey, who do we know in Dublin that we can put this couple in touch with? Because the turning has not yet went to Ireland. So, But we're making, you know, that that's where you have to phone up. You have to follow that up with a phone call to a pastor in Dublin or you have to make some inquiries. Now, that was the first couple. Two minutes later, we walked on round to the other side of the, the big statue. Um, I should say that my daughter and her friend were out with us as well. They were as two young people walking around about John Square and how so that we she? could keep an eye on them. Uh, she's four, She was 14. Uh, she's now 15. She just had her birthday last week. So her and her wee friend are walking around about, and they're obviously watching. Bear in mind, there's maybe about... 20 of us out in George Square, spread out in George Square on a Saturday. is bustling and buzzing. So there was lots of people, lots of tourists, lots of folks having their lunch because we go out from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock. We approached another couple and my wife began to speak to the girl and uh, it seemed to be going really well. They had a wee, a wee one in the pushchair as well. And I started to speak to her partner and they were really open to hearing and to being to receive in prayer. They were from Perth and we prayed, we asked them, would you like to receive Jesus? They said, yes. And we prayed for them to receive Jesus. Now, Glenn, I, I have had the privilege over the years to pray for people who have heard the gospel, heard the testimony, heard the preach, and have said that ah, God really spoke to me. I would like to respond to this. And we've prayed for them and we've given them follow-up material and, um, that was that was four people. One couple after another that prayed to receive Jesus. Um the second couple was from Perth, so I then had to follow up and arrange for a pastor in Perth to meet up with him. Now what, what I'll tell you next was the thing that thrilled me the most, I think. Um I said to my daughter, How have you do how are you doing, honey? And have you managed to speak to anybody? She said, No, no, I'm scared. It's like, well, how, how would you like if maybe your mum or your dad if we we come with you and she's like "Mm, okay all right okay so I said to right look there's a wee group of young people over there sitting in the grass and she went no way there was about 15 of them I said right okay well how about now it's almost quite unnatural that the kind of sense of confidence and boldness that we felt I think that comes from having spent the whole night praying before and having spent the morning praying and anticipating and Being quite open and honest about the the natural fears that you feel, but also recognizing that God hasn't given us a spirit of slavery to fear, but a spirit of sonship and a spirit of boldness. And you can be bold and gentle at the same time. I think Jesus calls that meekness. So we can go out and we can be bold, but we can be gentle. So therefore we're meek. Um, So I said, right, mum and I all approach. So you, you look after the wee man. This is our son in the buggy. So Amy and her friend stood by the side, looking after our boy. They sat on the bench. And we approached this group of 15 young people and said, hey, guys, my name's James. Uh, can I tell you two things real quickly? And they went, aye, only go, pal. So we told them, God loves you and has an awesome plan for your life. And they all cheered. They went, yay! And I began to share the gospel with them. And I asked if I could pray to bless them. And they said, yeah. And, and then I said to them, guys, would any of you like to give your life to Jesus right now? And on mass, they said, yes, we would. I said, okay, so if you would like to give your life to Jesus, let's just stand up here right now in George Square and pray this prayer after me. Twelve of them stood up. They prayed the prayer out loud, saying after me, uh, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me, cleanse me, make me new. Thank you that you died for me and rose again. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. And... I was like, guys, that's amazing. You've totally made my day. They prayed that prayer. And then I said, what I would love to do. Where are you from? Tell me where you're from. They said, we're from Perth. We're down, at, again, another group from Perth. We're down at Bella Houston Park for the Summer Sessions Festival. And um, I said, well, I would love to put you in touch with a youth worker in Perth who'll meet up with you and maybe they'll, they'll meet you at McDonald's and buy a burger or connect with you with any youth events that they're going on would you be up for that and they all said yeah so they queued, they queued for half an hour so that I could then put all the details into the app now when it's young people we're very discreet GDPR compliant but we do take uh, their their name and an email address and uh, a postcode so that we know what area they're in and then it's all done PVG compliant as well a youth worker will contact them and say hey guys, you prayed with James and Yvonne in George Square on Saturday the, uh, Saturday the 25th of August. I would love to meet up with you, take you out for a hot chocolate or something at McDonald's and just chat with you about the prayer. You prayed, you up for that. So I had to contact a youth worker in Perth and say, can you follow up this group of young people and arrange to meet up with them? So... Well and story after story after story, Glenn, of people who had never led anybody to Jesus in their life were coming back saying, God is so good and sharing stories. And and, and if you couple that with the fact that people who like me the day before were coming back discouraged and then hearing this story, realizing it's like, it's like some people are out sowing the seed not necessarily seeing any harvest other people are reaping and then we're actually having to ask other people to help with the keeping and the follow-up it's kind of like what Lawrence Singlehurst spoke about and in as we book Sow and reaping keeping some some of us are getting we're all doing different things because God's harvest it, it needs it all some people are praying over the seed some people are sowing it some people are, are seeing the growth and so it, it's been so encouraging, so, so encouraging. I'll, I'll tell you one more story, and this is from the ongoing monthly thing. So we had the initial uh, eight-day launch in August uh, on the first Saturday of every month we go out. So just last Saturday there, uh, there was about 35 of us out in the streets of Glasgow, in the city centre of Glasgow, and I went out with a uh, w- with a woman uh, who works for at a local ministry, and it was her first time. And so she was approaching people. She approached this elderly lady um, and said, hey, my name's... She told her her name and she uh, she said, what's your name? And just began a conversation with her. Um, she said, God loves you. Has an awesome plan for your life. And the woman said, oh, that's great. I, I go to church already. And we went, that's brilliant. This is a chance to encourage you. That's great. At which point her daughter came over. And almost to say, right, mum, who's this you're talking to, mum? But I began speaking to her. It yep. turned out that her mum was a born-again Christian, but her daughter wasn't. And we led our daughter to the Lord during that meeting. Fantastic. And then we said to her mum, just think something really special's going on here. Have you been praying for your daughter? She said, oh, yes, I've been praying for my daughter. It just so happens that the woman that we originally spoke to, that the mum... She goes to a local church nearby, just around the corner from us here, uh, down in Wallace Well. I know the pastor down there. And when she told me, I says, I know your pastor. In fact, I'm I'm, I'm going to spend some time with him on Saturday afternoon. And uh, I can't wait to tell him I met you. And it's, you've been such an encouragement. Um, have you been praying for your daughter? She said, I've been praying all the time. And the daughter says, well, I've actually been praying myself, but I don't really know how to pray. That That prayer you prayed with me, to receive Jesus can you give me a copy of that because I'd like to take it away and and just pray it regularly I said of course you can here you go in fact and then we gave her a father's love letter and we said we would love for somebody to meet up with you and they'll give you a a new Bible a gift Bible and they happily meet up with you regularly for coffee to chat about the prayer you've prayed where are you from? She said, I'm from East Bride. I said, well, my friend who's one of the pastors at a church in East Co is, is out with us today. I think he must be one of our streets. And um, I can get in touch with him and, and see if there's somebody that can meet up with you. Would you be up for that? She said, absolutely. Um, so we got all our details, put them in the app and they went on their merry way. And we just encouraged them a wee bit more. I turned round, and my friend who's the pastor in East Bride, his wife was sitting in a bench in George square feeding her baby. So I said, "Ah, Chloe, I've just I need to tell you the story." And then I had to go over to East Bride yesterday to meet with uh, them and just say, "Here, here's a Bible, and here's a one of the discipleship manuals. Here's the details of this woman. Can you follow her up? She'd be delighted to hear from you." And that's happening. Like no. that's amazing. It's so sometimes it bad. happens very very quick, but other times you pray with someone in the street and they give you details, and it might be you don't really get through to them. Yeah. And, and so there's stories of encouragement, stories of discouragement, yes. but it's been really, really amazing.
1: Fantastic. James, thank you. I, I, I don't know about everybody listening, but I, I'm inspired by that. You know, sometimes Scotland can be hard ground and a lot of people have been serving faithfully for years, but to hear a story of uh, an hour in George Square and leading 16 yeah. people in a prayer yeah. to accept Jesus is, is really remarkable. And and, yeah. uh, and and it's a joy to hear coming from somebody I know. So I know that you're not making it up, right? No, I'm not. So no, it's, it's definitely amazing. Been. Such a great story. So that that's brilliant. I mean, what did you guys learn from running the turning in Scotland for the first time? Anything come out of that that you'd want to highlight? Um,
0: some of the lessons that we've been learning, Glenn, are blatantly obvious first of all and I've heard someone else saying this before uh, some people think that discipleship uh, and I would include evangelism and discipleship in this some people think that it's you've got to be an expert you've got to be gifted um, it's complicated and, and therefore if you know what you're doing and you're an expert then it's easy for you but not for me and here's what we've learned it's not complicated, it's simple, but it's hard. It's not complicated and easy. It's simple and it's hard. What's oh, hard? It's hard to get across the threshold. It's hard to get out of a what, what we could. What I would say, admittedly, for me and, and for some of the people that I know, is a bit of a rut. You know, the idea that the town, the city, it's hard to reach, it's hard ground. But actually, what we've discovered is that it's a bit like the Jonah story. And, and Brian McLaren writes about this in his book, More Ready Than We Realize, that people are more ready than we realize to have a spiritual conversation. I learned that we as believers have lost the art sometimes of conversation with strangers. Like I said, I'm, I mean, I, I don't regularly talk to people I don't know. So most of my evangelism in the past 20 years has been what I would have coined friendship evangelism. I'd probably much rather just call that friendship now (laughs) Um, because I don't want the people that I'm now considering my friends to think that I'm out for their scalp, try to just win somebody. But when I'm out doing evangelism, I genuinely want to share Jesus with them. And I want to do that in a generous way. So I'm realizing that people are more ready then I have realized to have a spiritual conversation, to hear the gospel, to pray uh, and in a public place and to respond to the gospel and actually to meet up with someone. They won't necessarily come to our churches, but they do want to meet Jesus. So they're meeting Jesus on the streets through the people of Jesus and they're prepared to go on a journey from, uh, from being far away from the church and maybe eventually they'll get to church. But if, but they're not starting at the church. They're starting out there in their own ground, and in their own place, and they're spiritually hungry. The, so that's the first thing I've learned. It's, it's, it's not complicated. It's simple. Uh, it's not easy for the trained people, so to speak. Actually, it's a level playing field. We're all sharing the same message. It's actually what's hard is dealing with the fears, dealing with the pride, uh, having an effective resource that we can use, and I mean the script that we use. It's fairly rudimentary. It's basic, but it's it's been effective, and I think it's effective because God's grace is on His people, and God's grace is on the streets. The lost are not the problem. That's what we we learn from 852 responses. Is this they're not that the, the the city the lost they're not the problem. It's like the Jonah thing. You know, I remember one of my. former principals at ICC, Tony Sargent, saying it was God and Jonah and Jonah and Nineveh in the story of Jonah, and then Nineveh back to God. But the weakest link in those connections wasn't Nineveh. It was Jonah. He didn't want to go. He wanted to go the other way. So that's a challenge for us, and it's a big paradigm shift for our churches to go outwards Um, And it's not just about getting outsiders in, it's about getting insiders out. So feet on the streets and not just bums on the seats. And then the other crucial lesson is unity. Uh, Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. That's what verse one, Psalm 133 says. But verse three says, there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. evermore. So we see that in response to us, Coming together before God, seeking his presence, seeking his face and praying for the city before we go out. He's bestowing his blessing on that and he's bestowing his blessing on us. I'm working together with Christians from other churches that I've never worked with. And I'll tell you, it's multi-ethnic. I'm working with Tamil Christians, with Ni- Nigerian believers, with people from Pentecostal and Presbyterian backgrounds or anything, you know, right. and it's marvellous. It's marvellous to see the unity. And I, I remember standing in one of, the, uh, one of the evening worship sessions being led in worship by the, the, the worship team from the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Glasgow, thinking, ah, I'm just, my heart was thrilled to be with, uh, with people from different cultures to learn from them. Mm. I think that we need to work really hard at unity, um, to to step out of our own comfort zones and, and to reach out to someone else. We don't necessarily need to see eye to eye, but we can stand shoulder to shoulder. Yep. It's simply what we would talk about in Baptist circles. It's simply about being intentionally relational. Intentionally relational, not just to one another in our churches, but church to church. Yeah. And then intentionally relational with people that we don't know, getting out into the streets and saying, can we have a conversation with you about the one who loves you more than we could ever, ever, ever express. His name's Jesus. Would you like to know him? Um, Can we pray for you? And you can know him today. So big lessons, but wonderful, wonderful times.
1: Great. And uh, James, thanks so much for all of that. If someone's listening, uh, obviously you talked about the fact there's the ongoing monthly outreaches that are happening uh, if somebody wants to get involved with that or indeed with one of these other 14 centres you talked about that may come mm-hmm. online next year, uh-huh. what what should they be doing?
0: So, I mean, if anybody wants to contact me, Glenn, you could you could put the, the email addresses down the bottom. Uh, they could either contact Glasgow at the turning.eu, yep. Aberdeen at the turning.eu or Edinburgh at the turning.eu. Uh, there's also a, a Facebook page just put in the turning on Facebook if you're socially media savvy go on there and like and follow the page you'll get all the updates. you could go to you can download the turning app on your phone and if you download the app, then you can you can set up an account there and register you'll get daily devotions you get a free bible you get a free copy of the discipleship materials there's also uh, videos on there the testimonies that i was mentioning it's a link from the youtube channel um or if anybody wants to chat further or invite us into their area so that's what's happening we're getting people saying uh, we're from loch gilphead or we're from the isle of Skye. we we've heard about what's going on with the turning could you come and chat with us Then what I would say is this, if you are prepared as a pastor or a leader to work together with other leaders and to pull together a group of leaders, we'll come, we're already arranging just now the next Leaders Envisioning Tour in February 2019, where we're hoping to cover these 14 different areas. If you would like us to come to your area and you've got pastors working together, then Invite us, we'll come. And also, if if you're not a pastor or leader, just please speak to your pastor or leader. The other thing you can do is remember the first Saturday of every month, we will be meeting in Glasgow, Edinburgh, and Aberdeen to do the outreach. Uh, get in touch or check out the website for the dates of the next outreach. Come along and see. Come and join us on the Friday night for worship and prayer. If you can't make that, just come in the Saturday morning and we'll do some basic training. You can come out with us. We'll register you uh, for that hub for just in the short term if you like. And and you can see it for yourself. Uh, sometimes it's better felt than tell. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's when you're in it that you realise that you get the heart of it. It's easy to judge on the outside. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can wave a wee flimsy bit of paper and say, what? This is foolish, um, but it's the simple gospel, and a twelve-year-old can share it, and a seventy-two-year-old can share it. Anybody in between can share it, and so if you want to um, get involved, come along on one of those outreaches and just sample it for yourself. You won't be disappointed. Hopefully, uh, we had people. We had people there on Saturday in Glasgow from East Kilbride, from Fife. Uh, from there's folks coming along from the west coast from the west highlands they just want to come and see and what we're part of launching a turning hub in their area and we're happy to to just share everything we've got freely what we've received what we've received freely um and we're happy to give it away
1: brilliant so there you've heard it if you have uh, questions about the turning if you uh, have heard about it and are a bit unsure or any of that you got no excuses now. You know that once a month, three times, uh, three places across the country, you can go and check it out and actually find out for yourself what it is that God is doing through this yeah. movement in our nation. James, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate you uh, taking time out of what I'm sure is a very busy day to thank speak you, with God. us uh, and to pleasure. update us on what's going on. And we look forward to hearing uh, more of what the Lord is doing through the turning. May the Lord bless you uh, and Thank all you. that you
0: are
1: Thank doing. Thank you, Glenn. What a brilliant conversation with James. He so encouraging to hear these incredible stories of God at work in our nation. I'm so encouraged to hear the work that The Turning is doing, and I hope you are too. One of the reasons we set up the Midcast was to give us the chance to tell stories of what God is doing in churches and in communities around our nation, You know, for all the media would tell us that the church in Scotland is dying, we need to be filled with excitement. That That's just not the case, that all around our nation there are incredible stories of God at work through his people in this nation. As we go about season two, we're going to tell more of those stories and we would love to get it out to as wide an audience as possible and that's where you can help. If you... could take the time just to spend a couple of minutes reviewing our podcast on whichever app it is that you listen to us on, on iTunes, on Stitcher, whatever, then it really helps people see what we're doing here. And also, if you could take the time to write a review, that would be great. We would love to hear your feedback. If you'd like to engage with us a bit more, you can go to our website, scottishbaptist.com forward slash midcast, and there's a chance to leave comments there. We would love to hear from you about what you're enjoying about the Midcast, anything we could change, or indeed any guests you would like us to have on. Just take a couple of minutes and it would mean a huge amount to us to be able to do that. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter at BUSMidcast and we can hear from you there too. Thanks again so much for taking the time to listen. I'm Glenn Innes. This has been Season 2, Episode 1 of the Midcast. We are out!
0: You've been listening to The Midcast, a presentation of the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland.